Now, the, the goal of this, this uh, series is to, to, uh, to help us get a better uh, vision of the purpose and plan of God for our lives individually, but as well as the church. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. God has already pre- prepared a plan and a purpose. How many of you know he didn't wind us up and put us on this earth and we're just kind of flapping around? Y'all know that? God's not like lost in some galaxy somewhere and doesn't have a clue about what we're doing right here on planet earth. Y'all know that, right? He's already prepared a plan and a purpose for the local church. And it's a good plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, The plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, is to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. What has God planned out for our lives? God has already strategically planned a life of abundance and fulfillment. God is, when he created us, he created us to have this life. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But the question that evades us is, what's next in this great plan that you have for me? What's next? What's the next step to living this life that you paid such a high price for? And that's what we're going to talk about. The reality is we're all on this amazing spiritual journey that God wants us to live on. But then the question is, you know, what, what's next? Everyone wants to know, Lord, what do you have for me? How many of you know that he's not through with us yet? If you're still here today, God is not done with you yet. Amen. He's got purpose for you. And so, uh, you know, that's what we're going to try to discover in these next few weeks is what's next in the Lord's purpose and plan for our life. Now, it all begins, uh, it all begins, you know, with, uh, with, with the history of how God has dealt with man. Now, I want to begin this morning with a historical picture of, of a life of abundance, victory, and fulfillment. And I believe if you want to find out, uh, I want to paint this word picture, because if you want to know what God is up to, I think this is a perfect place to start. If you read the history of the Bible, of God's chosen people, you'll see that the nation of Israel uh, was, uh, was directed by God. And, and you'll discover that God made four significant promises to the nation of Israel. And whenever he called them, he said, this is what I'm going to do for you. And in in Exodus chapter 6, in verse 6, he said, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord your God, or I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Now, God made the nation of Israel four promises right here. The first one was, I will free you from oppression. The second one he made was, I will rescue you from slavery in Egypt. The third one is, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. And then number four, he said, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Now, these four promises laid a foundation for the nation of Israel to live this life of fulfillment and prosperity and abundance and victory. Here's the point. The four promises 
that the Lord gave the nation of Israel to live a life of abundance or really pertinent to you and I today. Do you remember, um, you know, just about every Christian uh, and even non-Christians are familiar with uh, the Ten Commandments, right? How many of you, how many of you watched Charles, Charleston Heston at least once? You know, and, and uh, they're familiar with the story of Moses leading the children of Israel out of the promised land. There's a picture right there. There's a story right there. And I just want to talk about that for a bit. These, these uh, four steps or the four steps of the journey of, that God wants to bring each and every one of us through. And so the first step was coming out of the oppression of Egypt. You remember that whenever they were in Egypt, uh, the nation of Israel was being enslaved and oppressed by Pharaoh. You remember that? They were, they were just whipped if they didn't work hard enough and quick enough and they couldn't do what they wanted. They couldn't live like they wanted. And, uh, the Bible says in Exodus 2, 23, years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. And they cried out for help and their cry rose up to God. See, the nation of Israel was living under the forced labor. They were living uh, under this oppression where they were forbidden to worship God. And they were, uh, they had no freedom to do what they want and live like they want. They had to totally uh, uh succumb to the control of Pharaoh and, and the leader of Egypt. They were given very little to eat and they were physically abused. And, and But the Lord promised them. He said, listen, I'm going to free you from oppression. And that was one of the promises he made. In Exodus 6.6, 6, he said, I will bring you out from the yoke of the Egyptians. So the first step was they had to come out from the oppression. So here they were in Egypt under this oppression, under this Pharaoh. They were slaves and they were beat down. They were under this heavy yoke. And the Lord says, I'm going to free you from that. And so the first step was coming, coming out of Egypt. Being free from that oppression. But then the second step was the Red Sea deliverance. Remember the Red Sea. And they got delivered miraculously. The Lord heard their cry for deliverance. And what did he do? He raised up a deliverer named Moses. And Moses didn't want to lead. He didn't feel like he was called to lead. That he was uh, equipped to lead. But God raised him up. Amen. And so what happened was through a series of events, God delivered them from the authority and the rule of the Egyptian Pharaoh. And the Lord promised, he said, I will rescue you from slavery. And did he do that? Yes, he did. Exodus 6, 6, he said, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from the yoke of the Egyptians and I will free you from being slaves. And that's exactly what the Lord did. He miraculously delivered them. So the first place they were at and the first step, they were in Egypt. They were under bondage. They were under a heavy yoke and burden. And the Lord said, I'm going to deliver you. And he, and then they went through the Red Sea miraculously when the army was coming at them and it looked like they were doomed. The Lord said, raise up your staff, Moses. And Moses raised up his staff and the whole sea just parted and the nation of Israel went through the Red Sea and they went on to dry ground. 
down. And as soon as they got to the last one, got to the other side, the sea came back and just annihilated the whole entire Egyptian army. How many of you know we serve a mighty God? Amen. And so that second step was was just uh, getting miraculously delivered. But the third step was this, following the purpose of God in the wilderness. You remember after they came out of the Red Sea, after they experienced that deliverance, they wasn't over, right? But the Bible tells us that the Lord guided them. He guided them through the wilderness with a cloud by day and a fire by night. And so here they were. They were in Egypt in bondage. The Lord just supernaturally delivered them. He raised up Moses. They went through the Red Sea. Now they find themselves in this wilderness. And they don't know where to go. And they're just wandering in the wilderness. And the Lord said, I'm going to guide you. And so the Lord threw a cloud by day and a fire by night. They just followed that cloud and that fire. And the Lord led them through the wilderness. How many of you know the Lord wants to guide his people? Amen. And so, you know, that's what happened there. And so in Exodus 13, 21, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. And this allowed them to travel by night or day. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. So they begin following the Lord and his purpose. And they begin to walk in God's divine calling on their life. Are you getting the picture yet? So the, the third step was following the purpose of God. And then, and then uh, the fourth step was to live a life of fulfillment in the promised land. Do you remember after many years of wandering in the wilderness and after a whole generation died off because of their unbelief, they finally entered into the promised land. You remember that? And so in Exodus 6, 7, he said, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. So the children of Israel eventually began to live a life of community with each other. And they began enjoying that life that God promised of victory, of abundance, and, and of prosperity. And, and God began to just bless them like they'd never been. So get the picture with me. They started off in Egypt. They were under bondage. They were enslaved. They could not do what they wanted. They could not even worship God. They were in major slavery and bondage. And so the Lord raised up a deliverer. They went through the Red Sea. It was a miraculous deliverance where they got free from the rule of Egypt. And then they found themselves in the wilderness and they were being guided by the Lord and they begin serving now the Lord instead of Pharaoh. And then eventually it took a while but eventually the nation of Israel ended up into the promised land. Amen. Come on. How many of you know the Lord wants to take every one of us out of Egypt and he wants to take us in to the promised land? Come on. Do you get that picture? That's God's plan for man. He wants everybody to be delivered from Pharaoh. And so we're going to talk a little bit about more, a little bit more. So these four steps, it's a historical picture of God's, God's purpose. And God's plans. Now, whenever you think about these four steps, you know, you can make a parallel. It's a spiritual picture of what God wants to do for, with us. First of all, God wants us 
to, to know God. How many of you know that? He wants everybody to know him, right? And so it, it all begins with knowing God. That's coming out of Egypt. That's coming out of the oppression of Egypt and of Pharaoh. But then the second step, it's he wants, to live, he wants us to live free. How many of you know the Lord doesn't take pleasure in anybody being enslaved to anyone or anything? He doesn't like people being oppressed. He created people to be free. He wants you to be free. How many of you know that? And then the third step is finding purpose. Come on, you can't live a life of fulfillment in the Lord until you discover your purpose. Why did God put you here? Come on, you're not here by accident. He didn't put you here to just flap your arms and move your head and just live your life like that. Come on, God's got a higher plan than that. Amen. But then finally, God wants us to make a difference. God wants us to make a difference. He put us on this earth to be his hands, his feet, to be his light, to be salt. He put us here to make a difference. And when we come together and we work together, we can change the world for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen? And so whenever you think about that, the Lord doesn't want anybody left in Egypt. He wants us all into the promised land. And so, you know, when we, we're going to take the next four weeks to just talk more about that and just to unpack. But I want you to get this vision. Egypt, the Red Sea deliverance, wandering in the wilderness, following the cloud by day and the, and, the, and the fire by night, following the leadership of the Lord. And as they followed the leadership of the Lord, eventually they ended up in the promised land. You know what? I'd like to live my life right here in the promised land. I don't want to live over there. I don't want to live over here. I want to live in the promised land. What about you? Do you know that God has a plan and he's got a purpose and it's a good purpose and it's not Egypt, it's the promised land. Come on, God has a purpose for you. But listen, it all begins with knowing God. Knowing God is the first step in everyone's spiritual journey. And knowing God is symbolically coming out of Egypt and under the rule and reign of Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of Satan. And so the Bible says that, that the first step to living that life of abundance is you got to know God. You got to be, you got to come to Christ. Remember when um, the nation of Israel was being enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt and they were being held against their will. Listen, whenever they were in that situation, do you know that's a picture? That's a picture. Egypt is a picture of the world. Egypt is a picture of being under, you know, the world. Uh, it's a picture of the world, its temptations, its evil influence that enslaves us with all kinds of bondages and strongholds. How many of you know if you turn your back on God and you live your life in the world, you will never, never end up in the promised land. But you know, Pharaoh is a type of, of the devil. It's, he's, it's, it's, it's a type of the evil influence of this world. The Bible says that he is the God of this world. And so whenever you think about it, at some point in life, we've all found ourselves under Satan's influence living in Egypt. You say, oh, no, I was, I was raised in church. Just because you were raised in church don't mean that you've been free from the enslavement of the adversary, right? But you know what? Knowing God represents God's liberation, it represents God's liberation through Jesus Christ. Amen. Liberation from Satan's evil oppression and the power and the dominion of sin. That's what getting out of Egypt is all about. In Titus chapter 3 and 3, it says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient, 
We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of, His, because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. How many of you know God is a merciful God? He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Are y'all tracking with me so far? So just as God promised to bring the nation of Israel out of the oppression and Pharaoh of Egypt, God promises to bring us out of the spiritual captivity of Satan and this world. And so listen, Romans six seventeen says, don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you are no longer to live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Come on, how many of you know that's the gospel right there? That's good news. Amen. But listen, we must never forget at the center of God's heart is the desire to set people free from sin and bondages of sin. Amen? Come on. When Adam sinned in the garden, sin entered the world, everybody's born in sin. Everybody has to wrestle and fight with the power and the control of sin. But the good news is that Jesus died on the cross to set us free from the power of sin. Amen. That's why God sent Jesus to die on the cross. The Bible says in John 3, In 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. Come on. He came to rescue us from the, come on, from Egypt. Amen. So God had such a burden. He had such a burden to set people free that he gave his best. He gave his own one and only son. So listen, God wants to bring every one of us out of spiritual captivity. He doesn't want any of us to live under the oppression of the world and Satan's influence. He wants every one of us to be delivered and set free. Amen? Listen, it all starts with knowing God. It all starts with knowing God. No one can get to the promised land of a life of abundance and victory and fulfillment in life until you know God. Listen, it's not knowing about God. It's knowing God intimately and personally. It's the first step in anyone's spiritual journey. And so now listen, helping people to know God is the church's greatest responsibility. The church's responsibility is not to leave anybody in Egypt. Amen. Come on. You know, in Miami, they, Key West, they're evacuating. There's, it's like a ghost town. They're getting them all out of there. Our job is to get everybody out of Egypt. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's our job. It's the great commission. It's the Lord's directive about rescuing people who are still lost in sin. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came up and he spoke to them. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I'm commanding you. And Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the Great Commission. The church's greatest responsibility is to help people know God. Do you realize that? That's our greatest responsibility. You know, think about this. Do you believe in heaven? This is a question and answer. Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in hell? Who is going to help people not go to hell? Is the country club going to do it? Is Red Cross going to do it? Come on. It's the church's job. If the church don't do it, how will they know? Come on. That's our job, saints. It's not to have a spiritual country club. It's not to complain about the color of the paint or the temperature of the air. Come on. It's our job to rescue people. Come on. I need a better amen. Come on. That's our, although people are not physically slaves in Egypt, listen, we all struggle with being enslaved in Egypt. Amen. And so Romans 3.23 said, all have sinned and they fall short of the promised land of the glory of God. And our sin leads us into bondage. So what do we do about this first step of knowing God? What, how does that affect you and I? Let me make application here. There's three ways to apply knowing God. And the first one is this. The church needs to embrace the responsibility of everyone knowing God. Second Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. But is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Did you know the Lord doesn't want anybody to be left out? The Lord doesn't want anybody to not go to the promised land. It's not his desire that any should perish. In one particular story in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels, he talks about he left 99 sheep and he went looking for the one. And the point was every soul counts. Amen. So listen, we have to keep spiritual, our spiritual eyes open. What are we doing? We come here together and we encourage each other. But listen, we must never lose sight of our responsibility. Our responsibility is there's people in our community, in our neighborhood, in our families, in our workplace that are stuck in Egypt. And we need to do everything we can to get them out of Egypt. Come on, that's what that's our job. Come on, let's get them out of Egypt, amen? We should try our best to help everyone. The Great Commission should be the church's top priority. Now, let me just kind of tell you a little bit, okay? Let me just, listen, we don't need to have a Friday night meeting and cook rabbit over here just because we have nothing else to do. But if somebody's going to come here to eat rabbit and hear the gospel, then we're going to cook rabbit. Come on, amen? Listen, we don't, our house didn't get flooded. We have no reason to go to Texas 
Except if we want to do the Great Commission, we're going to go to Texas and we're going to serve humanity and we're going to use the best way, the best way to touch people's hearts and help them and hopefully we'll bring them to Christ. Amen? Come on. We have a mission. We have a, we have a mandate from God. Come on. The church is the light. The church is the salt. It's our job, brothers and sisters, to begin to influence our society for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen? Come on, if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Now, the second way to make application of knowing God is this. Every believer needs to embrace the responsibility of helping people know good, know God. Know good and know God, right? Every believer. It's not not the church like, well, Todd, come on, get the job done, buddy. Let's go. Let's go. I'll give you $10. You go win the world. No. No. I need a a million dollars. No, just kidding. Well, come on. How many of you know that it's not the building's responsibility? It's not my responsibility solely. It's my responsibility to tell you it's your responsibility. Come on. It's my responsibility to tell you you're not off the hook. If you're a believer, you need to pick up your mantle and you need to do what God has called you to do. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen right now. Amen. So listen, this is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 1 and 17. Jesus called out to them and said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Come on, some of us know how to catch redfish. We we need to know how to fish for people. Did you know that God has created us to be soul winners? Say, Todd, that's not my cup of tea. It is your cup of tea. Listen. If you speak English and you hear what I'm saying, it's your cup of tea. Amen. Jesus says, I will show you how to fish. I will show you. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not going to show you how to do. I'm going to show you. How many of you know? You can learn. Do you know how to lead someone to Christ? If you were presented with a situation... Like that situation that I experienced over there at my house whenever that guy lost his leg. It it got amputated right in the front of my house. And I got there and there he was, his, you know, I don't want to be gruesome, but he lost his leg, okay? And there he is. And my first, my first thought is that he's not going to make it. And so whenever I got there, of course, I want the guy to survive. But you know, my first thought was, is he going to go to heaven when he dies? Now, what would happen if I, if I didn't know what to do? And I'd have called Pastor Brady. Pastor Brady, listen, could you come to Landry Road? 4624 Landry Road. They got a guy lost his leg. He's going to die. Would you hurry up, come over here, and lead him to Christ? Come on, how many of you know that's not the way that God wants us to operate? God wants every one of us to be able to lead somebody to Christ. Amen. Are you all with me out there? And so the question is, do you know how to live? If somebody said, Todd, or said to you, John, Sue, Jane, would you show me how to be a Christian? Can you tell them how? You know, the burden of my heart is that everybody know how to lead somebody to the Lord. Because the Bible says that we are to be the ambassadors of Christ. Amen? If you don't know how to lead somebody to Christ, this Wednesday night, we're having a baptism, but I'm going to teach on how to lead somebody to Christ. I encourage you to come back out. 
2 Corinthians 5.18 says all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given every one of us a ministry and that ministry is to help others know Christ. Amen? And listen, by the way, there's nothing that's going to bring more joy to your heart than when you have the opportunity to be a part of somebody getting led to Christ. Amen? I'm looking over here and I see a Mark and Tamara and and uh, there, there's a group of people and they, they have this meeting where they, they, they serve a nice meal. And they invite people that are going through crisis like addictions or whatever. And they, they serve them a nice meal and they bring somebody in to just share a testimony or share the gospel. And just all these people come to Christ. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? You know, listen, you know, a few, few uh, last month in the month of August, we received a, a, an offering for Chi Alpha. And they had uh, first night, I think it's called, all these freshmen come on campus. It's their first time being on college. And they say that if you don't reach a, a, a student on a you know, college campus quickly, whenever they get on campus, that they're going to quickly be uh, in, uh, indoctrinated with humanism and all that stuff. And they get, they get caught up in, the, in, the, in, the, in Egypt. And so they have first night where they feed them and they bring them together and, and, and a couple of two or three different events. And I think it was 75 students gave their life to Christ. Amen. And again, you could pat yourself on the back because you had a great part in that. Amen. But the point is, is that, you know, knowing God is the mandate for the church, but it's the mandate for everybody to help people know God. Does that make sense? And then the third way to make application of knowing God is, is to take the first step personally. You know, I found out just because you're in a church don't mean you're a Christian. I proved that to be true. I went to church a long time, but I wasn't a Christian. Remember 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord doesn't want anybody to perish. Not one. He doesn't want anybody to be left in Egypt. He doesn't want anybody to be oppressed by Satan and his demonic influence and his temptations and his vices. He doesn't want anybody to live there. You know what the, the desire of the Lord is? For people to get to the promised land. Now listen, we're not in Bible history and time, and so we don't, we're not living in the physical Egypt, but we're living in the spiritual Egypt. This world is a spiritual Egypt. We don't have a Pharaoh now. Pharaoh was the name of the leader. Pharaoh represents... Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the adversary, and he wants to hold people in bondage. But the Lord wants to get you over there to the promised land. What's the first step? You got to know God. That's the first step. The first step to getting to the promised land is you got to know God. The promise is, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Our responsibility is to respond to his invitation. Would you do me a favor and just stand with me? See, we take a moment at the end of the service like this because we know what our mandate is. is to help people know God. And, and you might be here today and you say, Todd, I need to take the first step. I need to know God. Would you just bow your head with me for just a moment? And if you're a Christian, would you just begin praying that, that everybody in this room that is not a Christian would have the courage and would have the strength to just open their heart to the Lord. The Bible says, 
in John 1 that to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. It's our it's our job just to accept his invitation. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I'm tired of living in Egypt. I'm tired of giving in to the temptation and the vices of the world. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to be a Christian. I'm ready to live for the Lord. Would you pray a special prayer for me? I'm ready to take that step. If that's you, would you just do me a favor and just lift your hand? Just raise it so I can see it, so I know to pray for you. Just raise your hand high so I can see it. And just hold it up. Just hold it up so I can see it. Listen, it's your, it's it's God's invitation. He promised. I see your hand, sir. Any anywhere else? Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Listen, right back here. I see your hand. Come on, just let's pray this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so that my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I want to be a Christian. I don't want to live in Egypt. I want to live the abundant life. I want to live in the promised land of your goodness and your grace. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to cleanse me. I'm asking you to wash me. I'm asking you to forgive me today. Come into my life. Empower me to live the Christian life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand, those of you that prayed that prayer for the first time, pick up that card in the pew that says, I made a decision. Bring it into the info center in the lobby or to somebody up here that'll be up here to pray. If you need prayer, there'll be people up here that are willing to pray for you. And we want to give you some tools, some uh, a gift, just trying to get you uh, some some things in your hand to help you get started on the greatest journey that you will ever be on. And that's leaving Egypt and going to the spiritual promised land that God has for each and every one of us. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Would you just, would you just open up your heart? I just want to pray a blessing over you right now. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your blessing, your provision. Lord, I pray your favor. I pray your, your, your supernatural touch on each person that is here today. Lord, help us to live in the power and the blessing that you paid such a high price for in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day.